Rai Mass Publishing in Novebs.com, Presents, Three Simple Rules, by Robert R. Ricks. This is a free audiobook for your enjoyment. You can learn more about Robert R. Ricks and the stories he writes at www.robertrricks.com. You can also go to www.noveps.com. Chapter 1 Jason stared at the screen and saw a name and number. He clicked his headset and took a deep breath as the computer connected with the phone and the call was linked. After a couple of soft beeps he heard a woman's voice on the other end of the line. She was sobbing gently and answered with, Is this the dual line? Jason swallowed and nodded as he responded, Yes, ma'am. I see here you have officially requested a GB challenge? She sniffled. Yes. Who is the secondary party? Her voice was shaky so she paused for a moment. My husband. Your husband, ma'am? You sure about this? Yes. Your name is Amanda Sinclair correct? Yes. Your husband is John Sinclair? Yes. Noted, and the reason for the challenge? Please note, this will be on the public record. She paused. I understand. He has been having an affair with my sister, and when I confronted him with the evidence, he slapped me and told me to know my place. Jason nodded as he wrote notes and clicked the reasons on the computer in her face. Are you in imminent danger? Do I need to call protective services? No, I'm fine. He has left. How will you let him know about the duel? We'll track his location and send a drone to announce the challenge. Will you be dueling? No. He is much larger than I am, and I would not be able to defend myself. I see. Do you have an idea for a sponsor, or would you like me to send you a consultant list? I would like my brother to stand in for me if he will accept. You understand that if your chosen sponsor decline, this will end and you will be listed as defeated in the GV registry, and this could adversely affect your social score. Yes, I understand. Can you hold the line while I attempt to contact your brother? Jason clicked her records and saw there was only one brother on the file named Sebastian. Yes. He quickly placed the call on hold and clicked an icon on the screen that notified him that he had a free line. Selecting Sebastian's name, Jason waited patiently then heard a busy tone. He shrugged as he pressed call break on a screen and it flashed green, then heard a man grumble. Fucking fine, I'll take the call. Hello, Sebastian. My name is Jason Jameson. You shitting me? Excuse me? Your last name is Jameson, like the whiskey? Yes, Jason said and nodded to himself. Okay, Jason Jameson. Let me guess. My baby sister finally found out Lisa has been shagging her beloved husband? Yes, sir. And she wants me to whip his ass for the world to see? Well, in a structured dual environment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I watch the shit on the telly like everyone else does. There was a moment of consideration and a sigh. There's training and compensation? Yes, sir. If you miss work your employer cannot terminate your employment, and the training dates that you are assigned also excuses you from work, and again, cannot be legal grounds for termination. And if I work for myself? If you can't provide tax documentation on earned income, you will get the standard contractor rate of $500 for the fight and $20 for each hour training in the GV gym with a maximum payout of 5 hours a day, 10 training days, or $1,000. So the total would be $1,500 for this duel. $1,500 to whip his ass for the world to see. Fuck it. Sounds fine. Tell my sister I'm in. This will serve as a legally binding agreement. If you forfeit the fight without adequate medical documentation, you will be in violation of Penal Code 798-01-B and subject to one year in jail for wasting federal resources. Do you agree? Yes, I agree. Thank you. 
Jason disconnected the call and when he could hear a breathing on the line, he nodded to himself and continued. Your brother Sebastian has agreed to stand in as a proxy to represent you for your duel. It has been logged and we will now contact your husband and issue out the challenge. This is the absolute last chance for you to terminate this duel. Once I press this button there will be no turning back. She paused. The screen flashed red for deploy and Jason's finger hovered over the button. Listen Amanda, this is a pretty big deal. I can see on your records you've never issued a duel before. It will change everything afterward. Occasionally for the better, and sometimes for the worse. Are you positive this is what you want? Yes. Okay. But before I push this button, again understand, there is no going back after I push this. She hesitated inside. Then with a shaky voice said, Yes. I want to see him bleed. He nodded slowly and pressed the button. Please hold while I issue the challenge. Jason saw his screen flash red twice and understood he had two more requests queued up and he needed to move the call along faster. He watched as a small window opened on his screen and the name John Sinclair popped up, then saw his tracker light up with the location where the target was at. Jason watched as a video screen popped up, showing him what the drone saw as it activated at the closest physical location to deploy to find John Sinclair. It took off like a bullet, and at the same time he felt his personal holophone vibrate on his hip and he pulled it out and glanced at it quickly. He saw there was a text message from Sabrina Yamamoto and his heart skipped a beat. He hadn't heard from Sabrina in months and they had had a wonderful last night before she moved to the Bay Area for a new job. She had left the next morning without a word and had ignored all his calls and texts since then. His face blushed as he read the text, Hey, sorry about everything. I'm in town. I miss you and would love to see you. When are you free? He paused. His heart was pounding and he wanted desperately to see her again because the one night of heated lovemaking was much more to him than a fling. She had stirred something in him that was both profound and real, and he wanted to see her badly. So badly, that he had already begun trying to take a trip to the Bay Area to look for her. Quickly he typed out I'm at work and get off at 9pm. I work at GVLA Division. Gotta go. On the job. Yeah? Boomed a voice in his headset. Jason looked up and saw an angry man staring at his drone's camera. Oh, John Sinclair. Sir. By the authority of the LAGV department, I officially am serving you notice of a challenge on this date, January 15, 2039. Yeah? He snarled as the image from the drone showed Jason he was drunk. Yes, sir. Your wife has stated the following. Jason pressed the button which had recorded her message. He has been having an affair with my sister and when I confronted him with the evidence, he slapped me and told me to know my place. Clearly visible on the screen. Jason could see the drone was in a bar and there were dozens of people there witnessing the declaration, and many began to jeer and cheer and laugh and point. Shut up! He snarled at the men closest to him. She gonna fight me herself? He snarled. No sir, her brother Sebastian has agreed to represent her. Jason saw fear creep into the man's eyes. Oh, shit. Sebastian is down? Yes, sir. How do you respond? You can concede and admit publicly your wrongdoings and your social ranking will go down, and this duel will be part of your permanent record going forward. If you agree to the duel and you win, then there will be no record of this on your social account. If I lose, then it also will go on your record and the recording of the event will be streamed and available for anyone to view at any time, in addition to the hit on your social record. Can I get one of those stand-ins? A proxy? Yeah, a proxy. Cause you know I got a bad back. You pussying out yelled one of the men closest to him. I ain't pussying out. I'm just getting some fucking info you twat. He yelled back at the man at point-blank range. One second while I see what the system says. 
He pressed the accused proxy request analysis button and John's medical records came up in the medical records of Sebastian as well. The computer did an analysis and came back with a large red display of declined. Sir, I am sorry, but the system says you and Sebastian are suitable to duel. You cannot get a proxy. Please give us your decision now. So, I bitch up and apologize or I get my ass whooped. You will be provided 10 days of professional training, and a ref will be there to explain the rules. He considered it inside deeply shaking his head. I love my wife, he said defeated. I messed up. Jason waited patiently as he saw two more red flashes on his screen, letting him know he had four waiting requests. Sir, I need an answer. Fuck it, I'll apologize. Jason was surprised, and the bar was as well. Everyone was silent as they all understood if they interrupted an apology and dual decline, they were subject to criminal charges of interfering with a federal GV duel. The system is ready to record your public decline of challenge. Amanda. I know I messed up. The shit I said to you? I was angry at myself for being weak. I want you to know I actually broke everything off with Lisa months ago. The video you saw was something I forgot to delete. I am sorry and I understand if you don't want to be with me anymore. You don't need your brother to beat me senseless. My heart is already beat up cause I'm a fucking idiot. So. For the whole damn world to hear, I am bitching out and apologize to my wife, Amanda Sinclair, for the things she accused me of. I am sorry. The drone had been analyzing the entire apology and showed a display of 93% authentic apology, which Jason added to the record. Thank you, Mr. Sinclair, this concludes the duel. Have a nice day. The screen flicked off and he could hear Amanda, and in the background he could also faintly hear the recording of John's apology. Ma'am? Jason said to get her attention. Yes? It's been declined. Yes, I just saw it on the screen. Is there a way to force the duel? No, ma'am. I see. For the record, the apology wasn't out of fear. The system shows he was 93% sincere in the apology. She considered this and laughed nervously. What happens now? The video of his apology will be stored and is available for anyone to see and is on his permanent social record. Will this hurt his job? Perhaps. I am sorry but I have to end this call unless there are further issues you need to discuss. No, that is all. Thank you. Great. At the end of the call there will be a brief optional survey. If you are happy with the service I provided you today, you can press 5 3 times, as each question will ask you to rate my call with 1 being the lowest and 5 the highest. I hope you have a great day. Thank you. Jason pressed the end call and was about to take the next request when suddenly his grid emptied, and he stared at a blank queue. What the hell? Jason's headset beeped, glancing at the phone display he could see at red R. Joneses? He pressed the answer call and waited. Jason do you know why I am contacting you? Jason shrugged. No, he answered honestly. You took a call during an active serve. I didn't take a call. There was a text message. Which you answered while working. You know we have a policy against calls during work. I didn't make a call. I answered the text with basically, I can't talk. At work, message. It isn't that big a deal. Not a big deal, huh? No. You people are all the same. You people? Seriously? What the hell? Jason wished he could say this out loud but feared losing his job. Sorry? Jason said instead, taken aback by the unveiled racist statement. Look, kid, I'm sure mommy and daddy let you get away with all kinds of shit growing up. This is the real world. We do real work here. If you can't handle the heat, we can get someone in who really wants to work. I work. I like my job. I'm good at it. Really? Yeah. So, 
you tell all the clients to not use GV? Wait, what? When the last client was ready to execute the duel, you tried to talk her out of it. Why? Because it was very private in nature with the situation between her and her husband. That kind of stuff can have a detrimental effect over time. Oh, I'm sorry, are you a psychic? No. Oh, then have a PhD in psychology? No. Then how the fuck do you know this? Jason could have told him right then and there that his parents had been early users of GV, and the effects didn't end well. His father continued to beat his mother and blamed his social record on her. When she had finally divorced him, she was only a shell of the woman Jason had grown up with. But instead, he gave a simple reply. I read about it. Oh, I see, you fucking read about it. Well, listen to me. When you are ready to deploy, you deploy. Fuck up again and I will shit in your pasty ass. Pasty? He held the rage in, which was growing inside of him. You get me? Yes. I get you. Sir. Yes, I get you, sir. Good, now get your ass back to work. Your system has been reset to one. What? You got a problem? I've been busting my ass. I was three calls away from bonus levels. Oh, I'm sorry, was someone saving up his money for some Kenny G classics? Who? Never mind. You got a problem with it, I suggest you hit up HR. In the company manual if you have two strikes you revert back to one. Okay, look man. I'm really sorry. Can we work this out? I really need the bonus. Damn, wish I could but I already pushed the button. Once it's pushed it can't be undone. Jason nodded. While enraged with the situation, he had heard that and understood that what his boss had said was true. Okay. I'll get back to work now. Yeah, you do that. Jason hung up and took ten, deep, slow breaths and pictured the ocean with the waves crashing. He forced a smile and then pressed the button and took the next call. Three hours later he had completed thirty-five calls, and out of the thirty-five, only five were proceeding to an actual duel. He glanced at the clock and saw it was 9.30pm and his hip vibrated. He cursed. He had forgotten about Sabrina. Oh, fuck, he said as he logged out and clocked out on the employee action screen. Jason quickly ran to the elevator as it opened, and saw his supervisor, pressed and clean immaculately. Joan saw him and shook his head as Jason entered. Sup Poindexter? He said as Jason stood to his left. Nothing much, sir. Just clocking out. I saw your calls improved after our pep talk. Jason nodded. Well, keep it up. That's the level I expect. Tomorrow I expect more. He nodded again. The door opened and he walked out without another word and Jason followed behind him as they passed through the security checkpoint. Jones went first and the tube flashed green and continued on. Jason followed after and again a green flash. Jason walked outside and looked around. There was no one there waiting for him. He sighed sadly and started walking down the street towards the train station. Jason heard the low hum of an approaching vehicle and saw the driver was Sabrina. She smiled softly at him and motioned towards the passenger side. He walked over and opened the door and sat down. The seatbelt automatically clicked around him and he felt snug and secured. Hey stranger, she said to him softly. Hi. Jason wanted to say, what the fuck man? We had this amazing, perfect fucking night and then you just left me. She punched in some information on the console of the car and hit begin route and the car began to drive. She pressed the release on her chair and rotated it towards Jason. I'm sorry, she said, and her eyes were tearing up. Fumbling with the chair, Jason released it and rotated the seat to face her. Hey! What's wrong? Please don't cry. I really wanted to stay you know. But I couldn't. Why? 
I can't tell you. He wasn't expecting the conversation to go the way it was going. Hell, he wasn't expecting to see her ever again and yet, there she was. Sabrina, you wanted to see me. I'm here. You can't tell me anything, then why did you want to see me? Because that night meant something to me. Jason's heart exploded in joy. Yes. He screamed inside. Then dread filled him, but... But, it can never be. I don't understand. Okay, I'm going to say some things. Please listen very closely. Okay, this is kind of freaking me out. Good. Good? Yes, it should. I know why you took the job at GV. The benefits are amazing, and the pay is good? No, you have access to global net data. I know you looked me up three times. Jason blushed. Not because he was embarrassed. She was correct, he had looked her up. He had used some of his lazy co-workers' terminals to do so when they had gotten up to use the bathroom and not logged out of the system. He blushed because his heart pounded as fear hit him hard. He would become flushed in the face when overwhelmed with fear, guilt, or any other extreme emotional responses. Jason nodded as she continued. I know about your parents. I know what happened to your mother after the divorce. His voice caught in his throat. What? I'm sorry but yes, I know these things and much, much more. She had an intense look in her eyes as if she were trying to convey a secret message to Jason, which he wasn't understanding. What did you learn about me? She asked curiously. I learned that you don't have an address in the Bay Area. That your name came up blank on the database. That's not true and you know it, she interrupted. He paused. She was indeed correct. There was a weird glitch the first time he had looked her up with the information he had. It had started to show him something but then the screen had blacked out and showed nothing so he freaked and slid back to his terminal. Well, there was a glitch. Um, um, please continue. I tried to cross-reference with the company you were getting a job with. And what happened then? The company went out of business the next. Day. Oh shit. The realization had started to creep into his mind. Each time he had done a search, something prevented him from getting the information he needed. Also, each of the terminals he had accessed, the employees there was quickly fired. Guilt hit Jason fast and hard at that realization. Um, wow, he said softly. She waited and looked at him. So no more trying to find information on you. I get it. The car was rolling into his neighborhood and was surprised. When they were together he was living in a different area. Hey, this is my neighborhood. Yes, you live at 156 New Haven Boulevard apartment number 1267. It's nice. Yeah, it is. But how would you know? Jason. I really like you and for full transparency, you were amazing in bed and I felt it too. So I kept tabs on you. He wanted to drop an inappropriate retort to her statement but understood the intent and gravity of what she was telling him, so he didn't. Sabrina. He said as he took her hand in his. I'm scared shitless from all of this, and even though my brain is telling me to run, I can't. I have to be honest. There's not a single day that goes by where I don't think about you. You are the closest thing to a living, breathing fantasy that I could ever hope to find. I don't want you to disappear again. She squeezed his hand firmly and didn't let go. Jason, you are an idiot. A sweet, lovely idiot, you know that? I guess? You really don't know what you'd be getting into with me in your life. Terrified and exhilarated at the same time, Jason couldn't tear his eyes away from her. You know before the bad stuff happened with my mom, she told me something that really stuck, he said as he teared up with the soft memory of his mother. What's that? She said, there's a lot of bad things in the world and the only thing that makes it worthwhile is love. So if you can find true love, the kind that can fill a thousand books, 
you grab it and hold on and don't let fear stop you. She stared at Jason and nodded. Okay. Okay. We can try this with three simple rules. Three rules? Number one, you can never ever ask me about my work. It is an odd schedule and sometimes I may be gone for days at a time. Jason nodded. Number two, if I ever tell you to do something completely out of the ordinary, you need to listen to me and do it with no questions until I say it's okay. Again, he nodded. Finally. Number three, this is the most important. Never, ever lie to me. You must be honest about everything. Taking a deep breath, he nodded. Deal? She asked as if they were agreeing to the price of a car. Deal, he said, and she squeezed his hand and smiled. Okay, let's try this out. How was your day? Jason had almost automatically replied with the obligatory it was fine but paused. It fucking sucked. I'm pretty cool with the job itself, and I see how GV helps the majority of people, but there's some stuff that is like really private, you know? She nodded, and he continued. And my fucking boss is such a dick. I had responded to your text message and even told you I was working, and he nailed me on it. He also dinged me because I was trying to make sure the lady I was dealing with, understood what it really meant when she issued a duel. You got in trouble because of me? As he nodded, he said, yeah, I had close to a thousand calls under my belt, and when you hit 1000 you get a 45% bonus on your next check. What were you gonna do with your bonus money? He paused and swallowed. Shit, this honesty stuff is hard. She smiled at him. Fuck. Okay, I was gonna take a trip to San Francisco and see if I could find you. And when you got there, how did you think you would find me? That night. You know? When we would take breaks, you mentioned how much you liked the Golden Gate Bridge. She thought for a moment and her brows furrowed, and then they smoothed out again. Shit, she said with a smile. What? I'll answer in a second. With the information you had, what was your plan? I figured since you liked running and working out, that there was a good chance you'd run there in the mornings. So let me get this straight. You were going to take a trip to San Francisco and hang out at the Golden Gate Bridge with the hopes you'd see me running? Jason sighed and felt stupid. Yeah. When you say it out loud like that, it sounds like a bad idea. She smiled brightly at him. Actually, it had a pretty good chance of success. I ran there almost every morning at 6 a.m. What I'm struggling to figure out is, how you knew I ran? When you were at my place you had a big workout bag. The zipper was open. Her eyes widened. You didn't go through the bag did you? He shook his head. No, but I saw two really high-end sneakers that I knew only someone serious about running would wear. She relaxed a little. Considered Jason then smiled sweetly. Okay, getting back to your boss, please continue. Yeah, so he dropped me back to one call. He reset my damn numbers. She nodded. What else? I think he's a fucking racist. Why do you say that? Well, he's black, right? And he calls me pasty. What else? Oh yeah, he said you people are all the same. What the hell, man? Again, she nodded. I'm sorry I got you in trouble. No biggie, not like you knew. She nodded. The car slowed and they were in front of Jason's apartment complex and the light was on in his apartment window. What the hell? I turn off all my lights. I figured you might be hungry, and regardless how our conversation went, I thought you'd like some food. Jason's stomach grumbled in agreement and she smiled. Wow. What did you get? I got you the chicken cordon blue from Tommy's three blocks down. Cool. I love that place. Wait. I know a lot about you, and I wish I could share more about me. Think long and hard right now. 
I would love to share what I can with you, and really enjoy each other. I think we can do a lot together but there will always be a hole. Jason thought about the lonely nights he had and the emptiness that had been in the center of it. What did he really have to lose? They were still holding hands and there was an electricity that he felt between them. I'm down. Let's do this. She smiled. Invite me in for dinner? He nodded. Yes, ma'am. She shut the car down and their seats swiveled back to its normal positions and they got out of the car. As they approached the front of the building, two massive men stood there, watching them as they got closer. Jason stepped in front of Sabrina as he saw them begin to advance. Combined, they outweighed him by at least 500 pounds. He felt Sabrina's hand on his shoulder. Relax they are with me, Jason. Boys, this is Jason Jameson, his friends call him GJ. Jason this is the boys. The larger one on the left there is Mr. Black, and the other is Mr. Blue. Jason nervously chuckled, and even though his adrenaline was redlining, he thought it was fitting names. Pleased to meet you JJ, said Mr. Black. Yeah, a pleasure to make your acquaintance Mr. Jameson, said Mr. Blue. They opened the doors and Jason and Sabrina passed them. Pleasure's all mine, Jason said as they did. Have a nice night, ma'am, said Mr. Black. Sabrina nodded and they continued in silence until they got to Jason's apartment. They entered and there was his kitchen table, decked out with wine, food and more. He was taken aback. Isn't this what I'm supposed to do for you? He asked sheepishly. No, I'm low maintenance. Follow the three rules and the bonus rule and we're all good. Bonus rule? Let's eat and then we'll discuss that later. They ate and Jason was surprised that the food was still hot. His mind was reeling. He wasn't sure what to say, and so he said nothing as they ate. She had opened the wine bottle before they sat down to eat to let it breathe and now picked it up to present it to Jason, who nodded. She then poured it slowing into their glasses and Jason waited until she took a sip. He matched her actions since he was a noob at the whole wine thing. He didn't drink and the wine quickly went to his head and he felt his cheeks warm. They finished the meal and then she stared at him expectantly. So, what is the bonus rule? Make love to me the way we did that first night and let me feel your passion. Jason smiled at her and followed her into the bedroom and instantly they kissed. At that moment it was as if no time had ever passed between them, and as they made love everything was right in the world, and he was happy. Chapter 2 The morning came and Jason woke up exhausted and slightly sore. He knew there would be a price for the lovemaking as his muscles had the feeling of a fresh workout after a long hiatus. He rose and looked around and the only evidence Sabrina had been there was the faint ghost of her perfume that lingered gently in the sheets in the air. He went into the living room and noticed everything had been cleaned up and organized, down to the retro DVD collection he had, which now had been sorted and neatly placed next to the old television. On the wall above it was the government-issued halazit, which turned on as he entered the room and showed the weather and stocks. He looked in the kitchen and everything there was also cleaned up and neatly tucked away. On the table were a folded card and a box. He opened the box and inside was a small metallic rounded object. He saw the card and read it. Last night was magical. Thank you. S. P.S. The earpiece is for you, please put it in your right ear. Jason shrugged and placed the device in his ear, expecting it to obstruct his hearing like an earplug would, but instead, it slightly amplified the sounds around him. Good morning JJ, said Sabrina's voice. Good morning to you too. You working? Jason was careful in his choice of words. No, not yet. But I needed to shop, and I'm looking for an apartment near yours. You can stay here. He cursed himself for being so direct and blunt. I mean, you would save yourself some money, you know? She laughed softly. You don't play, do you? He caught himself smiling. Shit, I guess not. Too soon? No, actually perfect. 
I was hoping but didn't want to be too forward. He smiled as she continued. Okay, deal. I'll need to make a few changes, with your permission. It'll be messy if you come home at the time you normally do. So I'll have a car pick you up after work. Can you pull overtime? Yeah, I can stay up to two hours beyond my normal. Okay, do that. Then you know the car I picked you up in? He nodded and said uh, yeah. Yup. It'll pick you up. The password to get access will be GoldenLily71. The password was easy for Jason to remember since the Golden Lily was his mom's favorite flower, and she had been born in 1971. He didn't bother to ask how Sabrina had known this and just shook his head and then shrugged. Got it? Are you making your face right now? Jason looked in the mirror and saw his face had indeed scrunched up into intense concentration and focus. Um. Yeah, I think so. She laughed long and hard. You are truly a breath of fresh air. You can leave the earpiece in and that way I can check in with you throughout the day, instead of getting you in trouble with texting, etc., in case I need to get in touch with you. Will, that work the other way around? Yup. Just say my name and it'll activate on my side, and if I'm in a position where I can talk, I will. He smiled. Okay. Have a good day. See you later. You too. Jason continued to get ready as he always did. He walked into the bathroom and was about to call Sabrina to ask if the headset would be okay in the shower when he saw a note on the sink that read. Headset will be fine. You can shower with it if you want. S. He shook his head and pissed long and hard, sighing in contentment as he did. He turned on the shower and got in and the water massaged him. After he was drenched a steam blast hit him as he held his breath. The nano-cleaning particles began to scrub his skin and he leaned forward and enjoyed the sensation. A moment later the water came back on and rinsed him off. He lifted his arms and a warm breeze began and then gently blasted him with medium-hot air that rolled from the bottom to top and back down again. It stopped and he stepped out. The whole process took less than five minutes. He wrapped himself with a towel then went into the bedroom and opened his closet and saw all of his clothing had been cleaned, pressed and sorted. He also noticed there were some new clothing items. One had caught his eye immediately and he was taken aback. There was a vintage t-shirt of Godzilla from decades earlier. He had mentioned to Sabrina he was a huge Godzilla fan and had shown her his vintage Godzilla DVDs. He retrieved it and put it on and smiled. It was a perfect fit. He finished dressing up and debated calling Sabrina to tell her he loved the t-shirt but decided he didn't want to be a nuisance by constantly bothering her. He wanted to hear her voice again and he laughed out loud and shook his head. He wasn't a young kid and yet, there he was deep within the clutches of infatuation. He decided he would ride it for all it was worth and gathered up his gear he knew he'd need for the day and left for work. As he exited the apartment, he looked around to see if he could see any traces of Mr. Black and Mr. Blue but there were none. He caught the train on time and arrived at work exactly at 8 a.m. and logged into his terminal. He had one request already waiting for him. He pressed the information button and saw it was a social streamer that he had recognized from watching on the Holonet. One of the last throwback of the days of the internet the man was very well known for. He had many duels under his belt and Jason was nervous. He understood this was going to be a high-profile duel. Pressing the initiate call button he waited and after a single beep, the connection was there. Okay, kiddo, let's get the duel a rockin'. Okay, Mr. Richardson. Another troll? Yeah, fuckers keep thinking they can get some new VPNs, or other shit, to hide. Dumbasses keep forgetting the old net is dead and with this new one. Jason nodded. Okay sir, if you will state the nature of the complaint and the duel parameters. He was following the script to a T since he had a feeling Richardson was streaming the whole process himself. Jason pressed the data request button and indeed saw that there was streaming of the call happening. Not just on one platform, but all 99 of them. I stream as I always do, 
and there is this persistent troll named Ermib1TCH who just constantly comes in and causes issues. I have tried a few times to just calm this person down but he just escalates things. I have at least 40 examples, and to be honest, I am tired of kicking slash banning this person because he just creates new accounts and comes back for more. So I am evoking the good violence dual protocol. Thank you, sir. I am using the system to analyze the situation. One second. Yes, I've done this before. Take your time. He pressed the investigate button and watched as the system transcribed and began looking through the histories of all registered streams, and every time it found a post matching a variant of Ermive1TCH, it did a deeper scan to reveal who the registered user really was. Not the fake name in a fake address, or even the fake IPs the user was trying to hide behind with VPNs and other obfuscations tools. The new hollow net worked and appeared the same as the old internet slash ARPANET but had a few extra components built in as part of being an interconnected mesh environment that the government controlled. Everyone had access to the hollow net and the hollow net was part of every smart device from a user's toothbrush to their favorite sex toy. Once the system found the original post from Ermive1TCH and found his real name, Tobias Kick, it was easy to find all the other alias he had used. There were hundreds of them and his posting was in the thousands. He scratched his head and considered the data he was seeing. They would get troll reports every day and would follow the base protocol, and allow the system to work. Never had he seen such a volume of work in the two months in nearly 1000 cases. Something was very different about Mr. Kick. The system must have come to the same conclusion because it stopped the examination and flashed an escalation code at him. Sir, we have this case being examined by a senior team, as this is a much larger case than just yourself. Not surprising. Like I said, this person is a real thorn in my ass. I was DDoSed a couple of times while interviewing some celebs who were hard pressed on time. Those were bad. Cost me some actual money and street cred since these folks don't give two shits, about someone using other computers to block access. DDoSed? That's not supposed to happen anymore. No shit. But it happened three times. The screen in front of Jason chimed letting him know the team was ready for handoff. Sir, the team is ready for you. I hope I have done a good job with you. Yeah kid, you've done good. Talk to you later. Jason pressed the transfer button, and even though he hadn't worked the call to the end, he would still get credit for handling it and saw the total successful calls increase by one. He was perplexed. Something about the call bothered him. The idea of someone being able to DDoS a system which should automatically heal and switch to a different group of IPs to ensure stability, scared him. He was curious. He punched in Richard's primary stream and requested a full report on setup. It showed he had a tier 1 level connection which meant his DNS has 5 IPs nested under it. In the old days of the internet, each domain name would have a single IP address. With 5, all would have to be hit at the same time, which wasn't impossible, but what would make it difficult is as soon as the DNS AI would sense the traffic influx, it would then begin to randomly assign new IPs to the domain on its own and then alternate them every 2 seconds. When Jason looked at the last DDoS attack, the DNS server had called in an additional DNS server and they had switched to 320 IPs and still, each one was flooded with enough requests to disrupt the show. Something which was supposed to be impossible. That's crazy. What's that? Jason was startled and jumped in his chair as Sabrina's voice was in his ear. He had forgotten about the earpiece. Oh, sorry. I'm working and there was a weird one that just came in. Someone got DDoS at heart and I didn't think that was possible. What tier level did he have? 1. Wow. Impressive. You guys tracking the person? Yeah. The escalation team is working it. Well, sounds like you're off to an exciting day. Jason nodded. Looks like. Another case flashed on the screen. I have to go. A new one is here. I miss you by the way. I miss you too. 
Don't worry, you'll see me tonight. Jason felt silly and rubbed his face and nodded. Okay. See ya. He hit the switch and handled the next call. Noon arrived quickly in the terminal flash offline and directed him to his break. As a person working full-time for the GV Center LA, he was entitled to two 20-minute breaks whenever he needed them, and a one-hour lunch-slash-dinner when it was exactly halfway through his shift. He could override the system and push it off an extra hour if he was on a call, or if the queue was backed up. The screen was empty, and he stretched. Jason walked to the middle of the office where there was an escalator up to the main employee's cafeteria. As he rode up, he could smell the food and hear the murmuring of a large crowd mingled with the sound of the hollow vid updating news and weather. He arrived at the top and waiting patiently in line and stared at the menu, deciding what to eat. There were sandwiches, wraps, air-fried foods, salads, and nutrient shakes. He decided on his meal long before his thoughts were interrupted by the voice of his friend Marcus Williams. Yo, yo, yo. Jason. I tried calling you last night, man. The line of folks behind Jason didn't mind Marcus jumping in with them as they all knew him, and knew he wasn't ordering food. Marcus always brought lunch. Usually, it was something exotic his mother had cooked for him the evening before. Sorry, I had my phone off. Wait, what? You never have it off. Why, you had a date with a hollow vid? Cause I know you weren't entertaining any of the ladies since that girl broke here. Dude? Jason said quickly, recalling the earpiece. Alright, I'll leave your ass alone. Don't want you issuing a duel on my ass. Got that right. You couldn't hang. Only cause I'd feel bad about beating a handicapped fool. What you gonna get man? You know I have more than enough to share. Mom's made some seriously spicy curry, man. You have to try it. Jason nodded. I'll try a little, but only so I can let you know what I think so you can report back to Helen. Yeah, Mom's likes your critiques, man. Alright, I'm at the usual spot. I'll post it up and stuff. Jason nodded and watched his friend walk off and high-fived a few of the executives as he did. They loved his energy and high-fives. A few minutes later he placed his order and put in his employee number. It acknowledged his monthly allowance, which was enough for the meal so nothing was deducted from his personal account. Again, it was a perk of working for GV. If you played your cards right, you could eat the bare-bone meals, or even skip the meals, and at the end of the month you would have remaining credits which would roll into the vacation slash sick time pool. Jason liked the meals so didn't skimp out. He walked to the normal lunchtime hangout spot and sat with Marcus. Marcuse had two plates out and sporks. There was a large container with steam rising off of it and another container with steam rice, also steaming. Since Marcus had clued him into the meal he was to sample, Jason made sure to get a comparable sandwich. He had ordered a modified balmy sandwich with a curry chicken blend. Ah player, I see what you did there, Marcus said as he watched Jason unwrap his sandwich and set it up. Here, try this first though, he said quickly, making sure Jason didn't dive in and take a bite. Marcus scooped up a nice rounded bit of rice and plated it, then added in the chicken curry his mom had made making sure there was a solid thick piece of chicken in the mix. There you go, boy. Try it. Jason smiled, and as Marcus slid the plate over, the scent of the curry hit Jason. It was different than regular curry, and there was a hint of something he couldn't quite put his finger on. Smells good. Tastes even better. Jason took a bite and smiled. Dude? That is good. The flavors were complex but blended well but the extra ingredient eluded him. The heat then kicked in and Jason's eyes widened a bit and teared up slightly. Got some kick, right? Jason nodded and smiled. He finished the bite and took a drink of his apple juice. Yeah, it does. I expect a report after the meal to be completed. Marcus exclaimed officially. 
Jason glanced at the clock and saw he had 45 minutes left on his lunch and relaxed and began eating his sandwich which paled in comparison to Marcus's chicken curry. Wanna trade? He said with a smile. You wish. Jason grinned as they continued to eat for a couple of minutes. So why'd you turn your phone off, man? I was gonna challenge you to some death duel 2000, and rearrange the basement and everything to make it more epic. Picturing Marcus laboring to rearrange his basement apartment, to give himself an advantage during the duel, made Jason's grin turn into a huge smile. You're such a cheater, man. You're not supposed to try and set the stage to your advantage. Let me guess, you booby-trapped the bathroom again? With augmented VR competition play, you could set up your home, area, whatever location you wanted, with the system. Once it was scanned, you could place obstacles in different areas and then invite your friends into the game arena and go for it. Marcus had used the tactic before of putting remote bombs in logical locations of cover, then take great pleasure in watching your holographic avatar being blown to bits. Jason had managed to clutch a win, just barely, the last time they had dueled. Yeah, I did. Hey man, don't hate the player, hate the game. If the game allows it, it's legal. Marcus laughed and it was a good authentic, hearty laugh. Contagious. People on nearby tables smiled and giggled as well. They could hear and understood. Marissa, one of the people at the other table, nodded and then shook her head and pointed at one of the men who Jason didn't know. He does the same shit. Cheaters. The man put his hands up in a defensive position. It's not frowned upon in the rules. Exactly. My man. Said Marcus as he rose up and fist bumped the man, who nodded, and then winked at Jason. A few other people started laughing and chuckling. So seriously, what's up man? Asked Marcus as he sat back down at the table and scooped up another bite seemingly impervious to the peppers. Why did you shut off your phone? I was worried, man. Jason pondered the question and then sighed. Sabrina is back. What, the one? Jason felt embarrassed and wasn't sure if Sabrina was listening. Yeah. Did you tell her you love her and all that mushy shit? Dude? I know, I know. You never said you loved her, but come on man, you had plenty of opportunities with the ladies, and even some of the fellas and yet you kept the flame burning for a girl you didn't know if you'd ever see again. Did you tell her about Operation Golden Gate? Jason nodded. No. You didn't. Yeah, I did. Dude, did she ran away screaming stalker alert? Stalker alert? No. She thought it was a good plan, actually. Really? Marcus leaned on one hand under his chin and grinned at Jason. Please tell me, you didn't waste a perfectly good death match and didn't score? Jason shook his head. Man, stop. You did. I'm not saying anything. You don't need to, the smile and twinkle in your eyes says it all. Dude, I'm so happy for you. But seriously, I have to know one thing. This is very, very important. What? Does she game? I don't know. I'll have to ask her tonight. Oh snap, you're seeing her again, tonight? Next thing you know you guys will get matching towels cups and everything. Then you guys will move in together and file with the city to get larger living accommodations. You never know. Dude, you are so sprung. It's cute. Hey Marissa, ain't it cute when you see fools all in puppy love? She finished her bite of her noodles then nodded and smiled. Yup. See man, the company is happy for you too. Jason took another bite and chomped away, stealing a glance at the clock again. Relax, home slice, we got plenty of time. Dude, have you been getting any weird calls? Weirder than normal shit? Jason nodded. Yeah. I got a call from Mr. Richardson. Oh snap, the Richardson from Extreme Streams? 
streaming everywhere. That's him. Dope. Who was he gonna do the beatdown on? Another troll? Yeah, but get this. This particular troll was so active the escalation team took the case. For Rayals? Yup. Damn. Okay, that's happened like one time for me. And then it gets crazy. Before the handoff, Richardson said he was getting DDoSed. No way, dude. Doesn't happen anymore. I know, right? And Richardson has tier 1. Marcus got serious. You know. He began lowering his voice and scooching closer to Jason, I can think of only one group who could do it. Jason nodded as he had come to the same conclusion. And I am not dumb enough to mention those special three letters. Continued Marcus, you know what I mean? Understanding filled Jason's mind and he did, and he nodded slowly then took the last bite of his sandwich. That's crazy, man. Exciting. But crazy, who was Richardson interviewing when he got hit? He said some celebs. Didn't say who though. Spooky man. Spooky. Okay, well I'm gonna bounce. I need your report. Oh yeah, right. Um. Taste was amazing. There was a nutty flavor, couldn't put my finger on. Cashews. What? Yup, she put cashews in there. Crazy, right? She chopped and ground them up so you couldn't see them, but you could taste them in each bite. Yeah, now that you said that. I think the coconut milk is what threw me off. But the flavor was amazing. The heat was a bit much. What peppers did she use? Habaneros. What? Not much. Which is why it didn't light you up too badly. Some form of extract. Yeah, that part was a bit rough for me. Got it? Okay, cool man, I'll report to moms then. You got your date with your dream girl. Find out if she games, man. Would love to do a group game where you'd have a fighting chance. Jason grinned and laughed. Marcus was another reason he loved his job. There were lots of cool things about working at GV and the coworkers were just one of them. With an extra 10 minutes to spare, Jason went to the vending machines and grabbed a fusion cola and started back to his desk. On the way back he saw his supervisor waiting for him with a worried look on his face. The look confused Jason and he was unsure what to expect as he approached. Mr. Jameson, he greeted him, worried. I'm not late for my lunch break, sir. No, 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 nothing like that. Listen, kid, I just wanted you to know I may have been hard on you, but I was just trying to push you, is all. You show some really good potential and my job is to motivate and push you guys as hard as I can to get the numbers in. You understand? Jason was taken aback. He wasn't sure what had caused the change in his boss's posture. He was almost pleading with Jason. Yeah, I suppose it makes sense. And about the racist shit. I admit I do have a tendency to push the envelope, but it was part of the push. I wanted to push with fear. I apologize deeply if it caused any frustration and anger on your part and promise it will not happen again. Okay. Cool. So we're good then? Yeah. Okay, I'll get out of your way and keep on killing it on the calls. Sir. Yeah? The call I had earlier. With Mr. Richardson. His eyes widened slightly. Yes? Did you happen to review my notes and see my secondary scan? Yes. How is it possible? Kid, that's above both our pay grades combined, times 10,000. Escalation is handling it. We just handle what we can handle, right? Yes, sir. He left and James sat at his desk perplexed and confused. Logging back in, Jason saw his stats had been restored and were well past the 1,000 calls and he stared at the screen in disbelief. Jason shook his head and refreshed the screen three times. Wow, he said, still feeling overwhelmed and befuddled. 
what had spooked his boss so badly that he'd actually come and apologize. What the hell was going on with Mr. Richardson and the DDoS attacks? His mind kept returning to the fact that Sabrina was back in town and moving in with him. He couldn't shake the fact that only she knew about his run-in with his boss. She also seemed keenly interested in the DDoS issue, and he realized she had knowledge of the tiered systems which typical people had no inkling nor desire to know the low-level workings of their holonet. Wow, what? He heard Sabrina's voice in his ear and he jumped again, started. Holy crap! That scares me each time you do that. Sorry, you'll get used to the earpiece, or you can take it out and it'll beep when I call you. Maybe that's better? No, it's fine. What's up? I was just about to check in with you and heard you say wow and was wondering what it was about. Oh, my boss came by and apologized. That's great. I guess, just seems odd. Why? Cuz, I was telling you about it last night and then today he comes in and is like really spooked, and then the calls are restored to my account. That's a good thing, right? It's just weird. I don't know, it seems like someone told him to do it. Who do you think? I paused and almost waved it away but remembered her rules. I kinda think you had something to do with it somehow. Yup. 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 It was a mess up thing he did, so I called a friend of a friend and asked for a favor. Holy shit. Really? Yeah. Jason was floored, there wasn't another person he could think of other than his mom who had ever stood up for him and he was speechless. Wow, again. Thank you. Oh, you'll be thanking me alright. Besides, now you have some extra play money, maybe we'll take a little trip. Jason grinned and felt his excitement as she flirted with him. I am more than happy to pay back the favor with extra. But I'd better get back to work. What were you originally calling in for? I wanted to know if there was a color you hated? Um, nothing really. Oh, wait. Maybe orange. Yeah, that's a horrible color. What about a soft green and light tan? Those are nice. Okay, great. I'll see you later alligator. After while crocodile. Jason heard a slight tone and realized she has somehow turned on notifications, and as the line disconnected, it registered for him. He was relieved. It was, he acknowledged, a little odd having someone with the ability to listen to every conversation without you being aware it was happening. He sighed and continued the calls on the system. He worked the extra hour, and as he was about to log out of the system, an instant message popped up on his terminal. The name of the user was Big D in your mouth. The message simply read. You are so fucked man, you need to run now. He hit reply and typed. Who is this? The system then responded. Error, no such user. He paused and considered opening a support ticket with the internal IT staff and then decided against it. The car would be waiting outside, and he was anxious to get home to Sabrina. He had been thinking about her the entire day, and his desire to see her had reached an exhaustive level. He felt like a child on Christmas Eve who had been staring at a room full of presents the whole month. He shut his machine down and then started walking to the elevator. His hollow phone chimed letting him know he had a message waiting for him. He wondered if maybe something was wrong with the earpiece, and maybe Sabrina was texting him instead of calling. Perhaps she was sending him an illicit image, since sending nudes were considered a misdemeanor, and he knew she was wild and could be impulsive. He figured it could also be Marcus sending a meme to him, mocking him for being so sprung as he had put it. He fished out his phone as he stepped into the elevator. There was a message from an unknown user. He almost opened it but paused. His training had told him, never open a message from someone you don't know. There were tools that could take control of your hollow device if you allowed them access. He smiled. Yeah, not today. He shut his phone off and went to put it back in his jacket but it chimed again. He glanced down and saw another message from unknown user. 
he hit the block user icon and shut it off again. A moment later it chimed again. This time the message was from your, gonna, die, dip, shit, m, trying, to, save, you. He clicked it and opened a message that read, I know you must think you've won the fucking lotto with that hottie. Trust me, you didn't. She is gonna fuck up your entire universe. I don't give a shit how good she is in the sack, you need to fucking run. I don't know why they've targeted you. But if you go home, you're fucked. I really hate to be the bearer of bad news but the world ain't what you think it is. I've deposited $50,000 in your PayPal account. It's not your normal bank account. I know you have the card. You use it to buy your stupid fucking DVDs. It's a card they won't really be watching. At least not right away. It should get you going. I don't think they'll chase your ass. But then, what the fuck do I know? Oh, wait, spoiler. A lot. So, don't think with your dick. Use your head and run. Oh, by the way. Sorry about your phone. Hope you had insurance on it. The elevator opened and suddenly Jason's hollow phone burst into flames and he tossed it. Fire drones dropped from the ceiling and extinguished the blaze quickly, and then a couple of men ran out from doors hidden on the walls. Sir, are you okay? Jason nodded. Weirdest shit ever. The damn phone caught on fire. The shorter of the two men nodded. Yeah, we saw it as you were walking out the elevator. Are you burned? Hurt? No. I'm fine, I think. He examined his hands and there were some red marks but he wasn't hurt. Okay, well that's good. We're gonna need to do a report on this. He nodded. Come with us to the security office. It'll be quick. He followed the man to the office and noted his name was Steve, and the other guard was Tom. We'll just do an audio recording which will generate the report. Okay. What happened? I was on the elevator riding down and kept getting text messages from some unknown person. I put it on block and then... Unknown as in the display said unknown or a name that you didn't recognize? As Jason was answering the questions, he noticed all the screens behind the guards all displayed lots of text that made patterns that spelled out a message that only he could read from where he was sitting. It said, snitches get stitches. Tom noted Jason was looking at something behind him, and as he was turning to see what it was, the screens returned to normal before he could see the message. No. The ID was a known user. Okay, then what happened? I hit block and as I was about to leave the elevator another one came in and then the phone caught fire before I could see who it was. Steve shook his head. Fucking phones. That's like the third one this month that has caught fire. Was that one of the Sam, app, tells? Jason nodded. Yeah, the latest model. With the Fuller and VR 19.0 compliance. 10 terabyte model? 50, actually. Fucked me. The 50 blew up like that? Jason nodded. Well, we're good. We'll send you a diagnostic report and it'll be on your desk in a day or so. You got insurance on it? Yeah. You want to use the machine over there to file the claim real quick? We can witness that shit for you. Yeah, can I also hit up my bank site too? All my transactions are usually with my holophone. Yeah, chief, go ahead. That one is for public use. Just make sure to log out when you're done. Jason nodded. The guards sat back in their chairs and continued whatever discussion they were having before the event happened. Jason quickly logged into his PayPal and saw he did indeed have $50,000 sitting there as a transaction for the purchase of stupid fucking DVD collection. Who buys this shit? He logged out, jumped up and thanked the guards, then walked out of the building. The car Sabrina told him would be waiting, was indeed waiting. He was scared. The rational part of him told him to leave the area. Hop a flight to his cousin's house in Florida, then figure things out from there. 
What did he really know about Sabrina anyway? He only knew what she had told him about her. They had been introduced from a mutual friend and went on a few dates and after the last night they had shared she disappeared off the grid. He realized he knew next to nothing about her other than she was secretive, and seemed to have influence. Understood technology. Was in amazing physical shape. Had access to tech he had never seen before, as he considered the earpiece resting in his ear. He also knew she had helped him with the situation with his boss. She seemed genuinely affectionate towards him. And then there were her rules. Rule number one, don't ask me about my work. Rule number two, if I ever tell you to do something completely out of the ordinary, you need to listen to me and not ask questions until I say it's okay. Rule number three, never, ever lie to me. You must be honest about everything. His heart was racing. He wasn't sure what to do. He heard a chime in his ear. Hello? He said softly trying to control his voice and breathing. Hey, you. Are you okay? I see the car is still at your work. The boss being a dick again? Um, no. Nothing like that. My phone caught on fire. Silence. After two long seconds. How did that happen? Someone kept trying to text me and as I was getting out of the elevator it caught on fire. Shit, you okay? Yeah, I didn't get burned or anything. I threw it fast. Scary? Yeah, the guards came, and I had to file a report. Okay, well come on home. I can't wait for you to see the surprise here. We'll get the holophone replaced quick enough. Plus, I can always talk with you this way. Okay. Jason. Yeah? You okay? You seem a little nervous. Yeah. Why? There it was. The moment of truth had arrived sooner than he thought it would. Lie? Break the rule? What would happen if he did? Would she leave him? Would she do worse? Could she do worse? She had gotten his boss to flip-flop very quickly and he seemed authentically afraid as he apologized to him. His boss was bordering on terrified. How much power did she have? Earth to Jason. Come in Jason. Um, hang on a second. He needed a moment to think. He knew he had feelings for Sabrina, and he understood that there was a good chance she was using him for something. She could be faking. But why the whole elaborate ruse? He was a nobody. He had access to nothing. He had no family that had any connections to anything important as well. He was a complete zero and she was a goddess, he was lucky to even have her in his life. The person who was messaging him was a troll. What do troll do? They fuck things up. They mess with people's heads. That had to have been it. He realized the troll was playing a twisted sick game. Probably because of the Mr. Richardson dual request. Jason was a tech assigned to the call initially. The man had proven he was an amazing hacker and could have gotten Jason's information easily. Jason's mind was made up. I had a hacker contact me and try to tell me I was in danger. Danger? Is he threatening you? Who was it? Someone from work? She was angry and the protective tone in her voice was reassuring to Jason. I think it's that asshole who was harassing Mr. Richardson. The doe. Sir. Really? He was threatening you? I'm gonna send Mr. Black to you right now. Get in the car and head home. Okay. Jason ran to the car, said the password, and the door swung open. He jumped in and closed the door and the seatbelts engaged, and within seconds, was driving down the road. Mr. Black has been messaged. He'll be near you soon. What exactly did the hacker say to you? He said I was in danger and not to trust you, and also said I was fucked. He insulted my DVDs. He said not to trust me? Yeah. He told me to run, and he put money in my PayPal. How much? 50,000. What's your PayPal username? Huh? I need the PayPal username, 
so I can try to trace where it came from. Oh, uh, God. Zilla. Wood. Kill. Kong at hollowmail.gov. Jason heard a gentle toot of a horn and looked to his left and saw Mr. Black was in a large SUV nearby and he nodded towards him. Mr. Black is here now. Good. Give me a second I'm not going to disconnect. You should be close to home in about three minutes I think. Okay. Jason could hear some faint tones on the other end, and after roughly 20 seconds Sabrina said, Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh my god. I shouldn't have gotten in touch with you. Why? I'm so sorry. You're in trouble. Damn it. What? The money that was transferred to you was from a known terrorist cell. You remember the explosion that took out the 15 schools and killed all those kids? Fuck. Yeah. I do. The group that claimed responsibility is the one that sent you the $50,000. Okay, so that's bad? Very. That alone will get you locked up while they do some very deep digging into your life. But I didn't do anything. I know you didn't. It's because of me. Whoever did this is sending a clear message. I can't tell you what I do for a living, but I can tell you I have made some serious enemies. Damn it. I knew I shouldn't have come back. What can we do? Can we run? I can't. It'd be hard for you to run. Whoever this is, is good. Jason arrived at his apartment and Mr. Blue quickly opened the door and ushered him into the building. I'm almost there, Jason said as he rushed into the building. Okay. He got to his front door and opened it, and inside he saw Sabrina with eyes wide and shaking her head. She hugged him and he closed the door behind him. She kissed him long and hard. I've got an idea, she said as she stared into his eyes. What? I have a few extra million tucked away in case of emergencies. I feel horrible that this shit is trying to destroy your life. I'm going to tuck you away in a safe spot and get you a new identity. Then after I'm done with this motherfucker, we can pick up where we left off. Wait, so you're gonna leave me? No. I'm going to put you somewhere safe. Then I'm going hunting. After I trophy this son of a bitch, we'll pick somewhere new and start again. Where? We'll have to leave America. He's gonna have your record jacked pretty quick once he realizes you didn't rabbit. What if I do rabbit? What do you mean? You just said it. He's gonna mess me up when he finds out I didn't rabbit. What if I make it look like I am running? He's probably seen you arrive here. Yeah, but I can leave now. And go where? Florida? Maybe we can get him to come out of hiding and you can get him. No, it's dangerous and you don't have any training for this. How are you gonna catch him? She considered him for a moment. You know it's crazy, right? Yeah, like letting a woman who I barely know move in with me and. It was then he had noticed she had completely redecorated his apartment. New furniture, paintings, decorations, and even a sort of shrine with all of his DVDs sorted and arranged on display. You did the place up sick as hell. Holy shit. I know. I wish we could enjoy it more. What do you want to do? I can squirrel you out of here right now and get you on a flight in an hour to anywhere in the world you want to go. I have safe houses pretty much everywhere. Except for North Korea and Iran. Or, I use the PayPal card and hit the road right now. She stared at Jason and he saw fear in her eyes. Thank you for being honest with me. What can I say, I follow rules. She nodded. Okay, keep your earpiece in. I can talk with you. How does it charge? How long will the battery last? For years. The heat from your body is charging it. As long as you're not freezing to death it'll keep a charge. Seriously? She nodded. Oh. One more thing. She handed Jason a black case which had some weight to it. What is it? 
something very illegal for you to have, but only if you are caught using it. It will not show up on x-ray scans. He opened the case and saw a pistol, the likes he had never seen before in real life, or in any video games for that matter. Is that... a gun? Yes, it is. It's a modified 50 California the recoil reduction on it will reduce the kick by 99%. I don't understand. It'll feel like you're shooting a BB gun. Okay, I understand that. It has only 6 shots, so make sure you need to use it before you use it. You think it might come to that? You never can tell. I want to make sure you're safe. The gun cloaks. There is a blue flashing button on it. If you press it, the gun is pretty much invisible. Okay. So, I'll be able to travel with this? Yeah, you'll just cover it with a magazine and you're fine. I'll talk you through it. Jason quickly grabbed a bag to throw in some clothes and when he went into the bedroom he saw lingerie laid out on the bed. I was gonna surprise you. Damn it. He grumbled as he continued grabbing gear. We so need to rain check that. She nodded and pulled him to her and kissed him deeply. You're nuts, you know that right? She asked with fear still in her eyes. Yeah, I'm beginning to think that too. I'll tell Mr. Blue you're leaving and to not follow you and have him and Mr. Black come up and cover me. Jason nodded. Okay, fuck. Wish me luck. Good luck. We got this. He nodded and put on the bravest face he could muster and began to run back outside. As he got to the doorway Mr. Black and Mr. Blue glanced at him and ran to the apartment as they were instructed. Jason broke into a jog and headed to the train station. When he arrived, he was able to quickly pass through security with no issues and had purchased a ticket to Florida. He had a few hours to waste so he walked to the gift shop and examined hollow mags. He found one that caught his attention that showed Mr. Richardson flipping the bird in the title Reed Richardson challenges the system. He paid with his PayPal, and as he was leaving the gift shop, he heard the shop's hollow phone ring. The man answered and then called out to Jason. Hey, are you Jason? The clerk asked, irritated. Yeah. You got a call here and I'm supposed to give you this hollow phone and the guy is gonna pay me. Hang on. Yes, he's coming back. Come on, you, hurry up. This is a good deal. You talk on phone. I set up phone for you, he said in a thick accent that Jason couldn't place. Jason nodded and swallowed as he took the phone and said, Hello? Good shit you getting out when you did. Black Widow there would've fucked you, probably killed you and then eaten your corpse. The voice sounded high-pitched and somewhat distorted and Jason realized it was being masked. You scared me. I don't know her that well. She has scary guards. I figured play it safe and get out while I could. Yeah, better to be scared than dead. The clerk is setting up your phone. I'll be able to keep an eye on you and let you know if they're coming. Why? Excuse me? Why are you helping me? What's in it for you? Fuck. I don't know, man. White Knight Syndrome. Lapse of judgment. Bottom line is, I've been tracking your girl for a while now. You just happened to get in the middle. I saw she was gonna use you up and then do what she always does. What's that? Take out the trash. Is that what I am? Shit man, you're the one who still covets old tech. DVDs? Godzilla? Come on man. Get with the times. Like, how? Not gonna tell you how to get a life feel lucky I'm saving your life. Man, I don't know. Sabrina, man. She's amazing. Yeah, I get that. But ask yourself how a tigress like that could settle for a sheep like you. The clerk was done and handed him the hollow phone and then reached out for his phone. Okay. I guess this is goodbye, said Jason and was about to hang up. Hang on, man. Turn your phone on first. Jason turned on the hollow phone and it chimed. Okay, 
Gotcha. Jason handed the clerk's phone back and then went back to the platform and waited. Power off the hollow phone, said Sabrina softly in Jason's ear. He did as she instructed and waited. Okay. Try your best not to use your mouth too much to speak. Even better, look around for cameras. Make sure you're not facing them when you speak, and you can whisper and I'll hear you. Jason glanced around and saw three cameras across from him and two behind him. There was good coverage all around him. He took out a bandana from his bag and covered his nose and mouth after wiping his nose a few times. Okay, there was no way to hide my face, so I put a bandana on and am acting like the fumes in the area are bothering my nose. Can you hear me? He whispered. Loud and clear. So, I heard one side of the conversation in little bits and pieces since you had the phone on the wrong ear. Oh shit. Sorry. Habit. It's okay. Next time put it on this ear so I can hear as well. Will do. One of the displays directly in front of him began to flash turn your phone back on dickhead. Looks like he wants the phone back on. Do as he says. Jason acted surprised and fished out the phone and turned it back on. It rang and he put it on his ear so Sabrina could hear the conversation as well. Dude, are you fucking dumb? Why would you turn off the hollow phone? To save battery? Why, am I in immediate danger? Um, yeah, shithead, until you are clear of the city, you're pretty much fucked. Why? Cause at some point, honey is gonna get wise that you split and come looking for ya. She's good man. Super good. If she wants to, she'll find you. How do you know? Cause I've tangled with her in the past and have the scar to show for it. Not the good ones you may have gotten. So, if someone else was in her crosshairs, you'd be doing the same for them? Not sure. Sometimes I feel like helping retards. Anyway, keep your fucking phone on. By the way, what's up with the bandana, you planning on robbing someone? No, these fumes are killing me. Yeah, it does stink there. Okay, keep your head on a swivel and I'll be in touch. He hung up and Jason was about to whisper something. No, don't. He's listening, Sabrina whispered. Let's try something. Chomp softly twice. Jason did as he was told. Perfect. I can hear that loud and clear. One chomp is yes, two chomps are no. Got it? Jason chomped once softly. Perfect. Okay, so we know he's got eyes on you. He can hear you. He'll use the phone to track you. So far he seems to be playing this like he's really trying to protect you, which is fucking weird. I fully expected him to pivot by now and ask you to do something in return for him saving your life. This doesn't make any. The phone chimed and Jason answered it. Hello. Domino's Pizza. Are you fucking serious? What? You have one of most prolific assassins on the planet playing hide the salami with you and you got jokes? Nervous habit. What's up? I was thinking, you fucking owe me big time for saving your bacon. According to you. Yeah, the all-seeing, all-fucking-knowing eye. You really wanna test me, fucker? No, no, no. Sorry man. Just tired. Freaked out. Fuck, I don't know. What's up? Alright, it's easy really. I just need you to call Mr. Richardson and help me fuck with him. Why? Cause he's a dick. He's a two-faced, commie bastard. Fucking communist bastard trying to fuck America from the inside, man. You a patriot? I wouldn't say that, exactly. I'm proud to be an American. Well, good enough, man. Sack up. I need you to call him. He'll recognize your voice from earlier. Tell him you got some new information for the duel and because the system at work was compromised, you can send the details to him and you are in the process of hand delivering the information to the 
Where the fuck you going again? Florida. Right, that works. Tell him you're heading to the Florida GV station so they can initiate the challenge there, since it's closer to the hacker. Oh, and you're also working with the FBI because there could be a lot of criminal charges on the guy harassing him. Okay, and if I get in the information then what? His dumbass will be hella curious. He's gonna wanna know the identity of the guy who's been causing him so much pain. That's why we were trying to use you, dipshits. He knows GV is hooked into global government surveillance. He was hoping you guys would do the heavy lifting and then he'd send. His Russian friends after me. Totally fucking predictable. So, what you'll do is give him the information I send you on the phone. Then he'll do his shit. Easy right? Jason nodded, testing if he was indeed being watched. My man. Good job. Lincoln would be proud of you man. Maybe you do have a set of balls on you. Jason flipped the bird up in the air and the voice laughed long and hard in a distorted chipmunk voice. Okay, fucker, I'm sending you all the information you need. Jason hung the phone up inside. The games were starting to wear on him. You okay? Asked Sabrina softly in his ear. Her voice was soothing and calmed his nerves. He chomped once. So that's his game. He's using you to leverage Robinson to do a hit on someone else. I wonder who. A chime on the hollow phone and Jason read it and his eyes squinted as he read the name. It wasn't familiar to him. Damn, I wish you could speak freely. But we don't want to tip our hand. Do you recognize the person? Jason chomped twice. Okay, West Coast address? Again, he chomped slowly twice. Okay, East Coast. Think you can give me the first part of the address by chomping in sequence and pausing after each. Jason chomped once. Is it short? One chomp. Okay, go. Jason chomped out 226. Okay, 226? He chomped once. How about zip code? He paused and then chomped out one long pause long pause 22. Was that 122? He chomped twice. Sabrina paused and thought about it a moment. Shit, there's zeros in there? One chomp. Oh, that was a long pause? There were zeros there? One chomp. How many zeros? Two chomps. Okay, so one zero zero two two? One chomp. A few moments passed. Got it, is the address 226 East 54th Street, New York, New York 10022? One chomp and a smile. Okay, go ahead and make the call. Jason dialed the number which was outlined in the message and waited for a few rings. Hello? Mr. Richardson, this is Jason Jameson from GVLA. Sorry, I'm calling so late, I handled your call earlier today about the duel and had to hand off to Escalation Team. Yeah, I remember you, what's up? We were compromised by the recipient of your duel request and we managed to get all his information, but because of how the hack happened in the office, they are sending me to the Florida location to hand off there since it's an East Coast dispatch. He nailed you too, huh? Yes, sir. He's using some tech we've never seen before and it's pretty scary. But I wanted to follow up and let you know, in addition to the dual request, we also feel this warrants the involvement of the FBI and possibly other cyber investigators. So he put a bug up your ass too? Yes, sir. If I can speak freely, he nearly cost me my job. Sent a bunch of really bad photos to my boss and planted images on my terminal and then reported it to the authorities. I'm currently being investigated, and my boss decided the best thing was to send me off-site to run this errand to the Florida office off-grid so the hacker doesn't know we're coming. Oh, I'm sure the fucker knows you're coming. I have a solution for both of us if you'd be interested in some payback, unofficially, that is. What do you have in mind, sir? You have the info in front of you? 
Yes, sir. Don't text it. Just tell me the information and I'll make sure there's payback for both of us. I'm not supposed. The fucker tried to get you in serious trouble. Maybe jail time. Yeah. Okay, the address is 226 East 54th Street, New York, New York. 10,022. The name of the hacker is Santano Ciliari. Wait, you sure about the name? It's what Escalation came back with, and what they gave me. If you think there's a mistake, then let me just hand it off and let the feds and the others handle it. Well, you keep doing what you're doing, kid. I appreciate the follow-up. No problem, sir. You have a good night. Jason hung up the phone and felt bad. He was worried that something bad was going to happen and he was responsible. The holophone chimed and he answered it, yeah. Good job, man. Shit, I almost believed you. You think our boy is gonna go for the bait? How would I know? Yeah, true. Heads up, your train is coming. Make sure you take your ass to Florida like you're supposed to. Sabrina will fuck you up bad if she finds out you've been helping me, so play it cool, don't draw attention to yourself. You'll be cool, man. Jason said nothing and the line went dead. Okay, he doesn't know we're working this as well. I have a team already at the location waiting to see what Richardson does with the information. You did well. Santano Ciliari. That's interesting. He has some government contracts and is also known in the black market as Cypher. He has some tech that can crack some pretty serious encryption. It's good. It's also very expensive. He works heavily with the Russians, which is probably why Richardson was somewhat confused. If he is indeed in bed with the Russians, then why would a resource be causing him trouble? Jason had gathered his stuff and was on the train, showed his ticket to the agent, and had found his seat. He sat and listened as Sabrina continued. I wonder how we can get this guy out in the open? I'm not happy with him playing these games with you, since each time he does something like this it digs you deeper into all of it. Jason chomped once hard. Do you see any cameras on the train? There's probably a hidden one center of the car. Round dome looking cover. Do you see it? Jason chomped once. Any others? Two chomps. Okay, find a seat where you can stretch out like you're gonna rest. The train ride to Florida will take about 12 hours, so he has to know you'd nap. The holophone has the 360 camera so there's no hiding it while it's in plain sight, but you probably have tucked it in your pocket. One chomp. Good. The case with the gun in. You still have it, right? One chomp. In the foam near the top left, there's a small black dot, it's tacky and will be a little sticky. Place your right finger on it, and then when it's on your finger, go to the bathroom and pretend it's a contact and put it on your eye. Jason didn't chomp. He didn't do anything but ponder what she was telling him to do. Jason, do you remember the rules? One chomp. I'm not going to lie. It will hurt, but you need to follow rule number two now. Do you understand me? We need better comms than this and I think we may be facing something much larger than I thought. Again, do you understand what I am telling you to do? One chomp. Good. Jason opened the case with a gun, which was shimmering and almost invisible to him. He searched for the black dot and almost missed it. It was the size of a droplet of water. He touched it with his right hand as was instructed and it stuck to his finger. There was an electrical feeling and it buzzed on his skin. It was also cold. He put the case away, got up and moved to the bathroom and checked if it was unlocked, then entered it. He closed and locked the door and quickly checked for cameras. There were none he could see. He examined the dot and his heart pounded. Are you in the bathroom? One chomp. I promise this will be worth it. Just trust me. Gently put the black dot on the center of your eye. As soon as the material comes in contact with your eye, you're going to feel some discomfort, 
and then there will be a lot of weird things you will see. I'll explain more when you're done. He sighed, then took a deep breath as one hand held the eyelid open and other slowly moved to place the dot on his eye. As it was nearly there, he saw the dot spread out like it had tentacles, then it leapt from his finger to his eye. Before he could scream out or do anything, he was racked with pain as a jolt of electricity shot from his eye to his brain, then down through the length of his body. The world went pyrotechnic and queer symbols and shapes filled his mind's eye. He gasped and groaned and fought the scream which fought to be released. Hang in there. It's almost done. I can feel it. Just a little longer. You can do it, Jason. He clenched his jaw so tightly that his teeth seemed like they would shatter. Then abruptly, everything was normal. Everything, except the vision in his right eye. He could see Sabrina as if she were standing with him. Hey sexy, she said in his head. Hey, he thought. Can you hear me? Yes. Good. I don't think my jaw can handle any more of the chomping, and I know I'm going to need a dentist after this. Is this telepathy? Sort of. It's technology. The black material allows us to do this. There is a major drawback, but I think you'll agree when everything is said and done that it's acceptable. Drawback? Yeah, it's part of your eye now. You won't be able to take it out. Jason thought about it and considering the number of cyber implants that was occurring every day, and newer and newer interfaces with tech. He shrugged and decided it wasn't that bad of a thing. Okay, so now we can communicate easier. What's the plan? Well here's the thing. We have to get in front of this. Right now, Mr. Hacker is holding the cards. We need information, and the augment in your eye should help you. It's smart but needs a mind to interface with to really rock and roll. You'll see what I mean when the next call comes in. Also, I need to warn you. You will start to see weird things. Some of it will be you getting used to the new tech and your brain is adapting and trying to make sense of all the new data. Some will be real things that you just never noticed before. It is very, very important that you concentrate, and not be distracted and let on you see these things. Especially if this hacker is telling the truth about some of the things he said. He may be aware of a lot of secrets that the world isn't ready for yet. Understand what I'm saying? No, but I'm just happy no more chewing Morse code crap. I'm sure the weird stuff you're talking about will be obvious, right? Yes. But I feel obligated to point one out now, before you really freak out. Look at the mirror in front of you and your eye. Jason looked up and his right eye was a pulsating black mass. The eyeball was there, and he could barely see through the black membrane and yet, he could see through it fine. It had veins on it and as he leaned closer to the mirror to examine it, he saw there were little tentacles that were lodged into his eye. Holy shit! Can other people see it? No, it's cloaked to the vast majority of the world, and more importantly, cameras can't see them. We can see each other, and you may see others with it as well. The eye will take some time to adjust and sort all the data flowing around it. When you leave the bathroom you're going to be overwhelmed with information. Just stay calm and breathe. As the eye adapts to the data it will only turn that view on when you request it. Okay. Let's see what we can see. Jason stepped out and stopped dead in his tracks. He could see various forms of energy, 6G data flowed past and through him. He could see the data streams and feeds from cameras all around him. The data coming to and from holo devices. There was a couple video conferencing, and a man was watching illegal pornography with his VR glasses. The train car was alive with colors and he struggled to return to his chair and sat there breathing. He reclined and closed his eyes, and even with his eyes closed, there were certain energy streams which were still visible to him. Just breathe and let the eye learn. It'll take about 30 minutes. You'll see. He did as he was told and continued to breathe deeply, but then he noticed something odd. Not in the visuals but in his breathing itself. It felt more efficient and also, he was a little lightheaded. Not sure if this is part of it, but I feel really high, he thought slowly in his mind. 
Yes, the pain you went through, and the shock to the system, caused your brain to dump all of its dopamine to compensate and help. So yeah, you're basically experiencing what runners feel when they hit the wall and push through it. It's actually quite nice. You'll feel a lot more stable after this as the eye helps boost the efficiency of the serotonin in your system. So confidence will rise as well. It's normal. This is some insane tech. Jason was about to follow that with questions but then his mind flashed the warning on rule number one and he shut up. Yes. It is. How are you feeling now? Good. Really good. Get some rest. Some sleep will do wonders for you. Jason nodded and closed his eyes and slept. As he was sleeping, the material on the eye continued to expand its tentacles deeper into his optic nerve until it was connected firmly with his brain. The black material shifted some of its mass until it rested firmly within the prefrontal cortex. As the material set about with its work, Jason dreamed dark odd dreams. Chapter 3 Jason was abruptly woken by the vibration and chime of his holophone, and for a moment he thought he was at home and innocently thought of Sabrina, then the realization of where he was and what he was involved with slammed him like a hammer. He looked at the holophone and answered it sleepily, Hello. Sorry to wake you, Twinkle Toes, but we have a fucking problem. We do? Yeah. Here. There was another chime and then the screen on the holophone dimmed and began to project a holographic image that was a still frame of a person who looked a lot like Jason. But it was Jason with a modified AR-15. What the hell am I looking at? It'll play in a second make sure to turn it down a little, it gets loud. Jason turned the volume down. What's going on Jason? Asks Sabrina. Not sure. That guy on the screen there kinda looks like me. As Jason said this, he was captivated by the data streams coming into the holophone and as he examined them closer, he saw details of the streams. The servers, the hops in between each location, IP addresses, and it seemed if he focused and thought about the technical aspects of the data stream, it would drill down and give him more and more information. He examined the holo device, and as focused on it, the outer case seemed to fade away and he could see the PCB and all the components which comprised the device and he realized he understood and knew what each one was and how it worked. Um, what the hell? I am seeing through the holophone and it zooms in. Yes, we'll get to that. I'm concerned about this video. That looks a lot like you. The video began to play, and it showed Jason walking up to what appeared to be a club, and he opened the front door and began to shoot into the club. A woman tried to run out past him and was shot at point-blank range. He reached into a pack and tossed a few items into the club and explosions rang out. He turned and ran off the camera's feed. What the hell? Jason said as the video ended and a news reporter began to speak. This was a scene earlier this evening as a Jason Jameson opened fire on this establishment. The motives are unknown and the last report was, there were 16 killed 2 wounded. Dude? What the hell is going on? Fuck, kid, don't know what to tell you. I'd say this was the work of your girl, but in all honesty, I don't think they had enough time to rig up the shooting and then video splice you in. It's a fake for sure. You and I both know that. But the heat on you just went up to solar level, man. Someone has mad skills. I couldn't have done that. I'm fucking good too. Check the video splice. The video rolled back to show fake Jason as he turned to shoot. Note the gun and the height of the person, he's taller than you. They stretched your image over him to hide him. But when they did that shit, they created some tears. You see him? Jason stared at the video and as he focused, he saw the video being analyzed and deconstructed in front of him. He could see pixel patterns in the specific codecs used in the video encoding. Once he saw the pattern of the fake, it allowed him to examine the rest of the video and see the areas which were authentic and not doctored. He saw in the reflections of the door the faint image reflected. It was severely pixelated, and whoever had done the fake video figured it was too pixelated to be of concern, 
but as Jason focused the image began to reconstruct into a face. He saw the man's face clearly in his mind. Can you see it too? He asked Sabrina. Yes. Do you know him? Not yet, but I will soon. Keep looking and also, I want you to stare at the phone while talking with Mr. Hacker and focus on his voice. Jason did as instructed and asked, Dude. What should I do? What would you do? Man. You're in some super deep shit now. Cops and everyone will be looking for you. Your social score just went super negative and you're trending on all the social platforms. I'm sure drones are out in force. Don't worry about any of that. Keep him talking but seek him out. Yeah, but you'd figure a way out of this, right? Jason scanned and pushed, and he almost felt as if he were traveling the data leans. He was moving quickly, and the hacker's voice seemed to fade away and slow down to a low growl as he scanned. His mind was on fire analyzing the data and sifting through for clues. Finally, in what felt like hours, he found a glowing portal in front of him, and as he passed through he could hear the hacker say, Wait! Something just compromised my network. And then the holophone line went dead. Very good. We know where he is now. Jason was lightheaded and his eye ached slightly. How the fuck did I just do that? That was impossible. He had so many reroutes, and proxies, and so much protection. How long did it take? Three seconds. I know we have rules. You and I. I follow them. I have one question I think is allowed, and hope this doesn't hurt what I'm trying to have with you. She was quiet and simply waited. This tech in my eye. This thing that allowed me to do impossible things. It's not human tech is it? Sabrina looked away for a moment thought then turned to face Jason. No. Didn't think so. Is it going to kill me? No. You sure? My head feels funny. It's always like that at first. The tech wasn't really meant for humans. It takes some getting used to but you'll be fine. Promise. Jason, I haven't lied to you. I won't lie to you. Okay, different question. Am I fucked? She grinned. Nowhere near as fucked as our hacker friend. How do you know? Because we have him now. Wait. How? I had resources nearby. He was actually pretty close to us here in LA. Really? Yes, allow me to introduce to you to Mr. Charles McElroy. AKA, Pain and RS Hacker. The image of the man bound up with odd looking straps that looked thin and fragile, was wound around his arms, pulling them tight behind his back. His eyes were filled with rage and tears streamed down his face. Even in such a wild and roughed up appearance, Jason recognized him immediately. Hey! I think I work with that guy. I saw him at work while I was having lunch with Marcus. He sat at the next table. Yeah, he's employed at GVLA. Lots of footage reported at his home. Looks like he was watching you for a while. Maybe even before you worked at GV. Can I talk to him? Sabrina thought about it for a moment. The men who were holding Charles removed a thin transparent strip from his mouth and he immediately began to scream. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fucking aliens. Charles. You have caused this world a lot of pain and grief. Jason would have a word with you. Oh shit. Jason, if you can hear me bro, fucking run. Seriously man. She's fucking playing you. You're gonna get eaten. Dude? Just tell me something. Did you make the video? Charles looked confused for a second as if he couldn't hear very well and Jason saw one of the men had placed a black ball on the top of Charles' head, and a few seconds later he calmed down and had glazed eyes. Dude, what the fuck was the question? Did you set me up? No. Why did you fuck with Richardson? Cash, man. Good old-fashioned money honey. Plus, he was a communist asshat working with the Russians and the aliens. 
Jason filed away the alien reference and decided to throw that question last as he had more pressing questions. What about the address you gave me? Who was that guy? Just a mark. Got some deep web shit still, and there was a huge score on him. I took the job and figured I'd use you as a bait piece. You weren't part of that job. I was really surprised someone spliced you in there. I was trying to save your life bro. You seemed hella cool. I really loved watching you and Marcus joke around all the time, completely oblivious to the world, man. A true breath of fresh air. Respect. His words were dreamy and it was obvious that the device on his head was keeping him happily motivated. Why were you watching me and spying on me? Again, cash, man. I was hired and paid a monthly retainer to keep an eye on you after your hookup with Sabrina. Who hired you? I wasn't supposed to know. They deposited the money into my holophone and for the life of me, I couldn't trace it back to origination. But they made one teeny tiny mistake. Which was? The left absolutely no trace. No nothing. Only one way to do that. Yeah? Fucking aliens. Someone wanted to keep tabs on you after you hooked up with little Miss Sabrina. I'm thinking jealous lover, spurned boyfriend, mother, father, dragon? Who the fuck knows? Again with the aliens. Seriously? Bro? You doubting aliens? I assume somehow you helped them find me. No fucking human tech could have done it that fast. So you fucking tell me. Aliens? Jason nodded. He didn't have any other questions and he turned to face the mental image of Sabrina. She motioned and the thin plastic gag covered his mouth again and the image faded. So what happens to him now? Not sure. I know he spoke the truth. Yeah, that was obvious. That black thing that was on his head. Is it like the thing in my eye? Yes and no. Okay, so about what he said. Someone hired him after you and I were together. Anything come to mind you want to share with me? Sabrina paused and sighed. It is probable that someone did not want us to be together. Why not just kill me? Why all this elaborate setup? Because there are rules. What the fuck is it with rules? Jason, be glad for the rules. If they were not there, then you would indeed be dead. Why? I didn't do anything. Not intentionally. But you did do something. What? What did I do? You stole my heart. Excuse me? I love you. Wait, what? The frustration and anger left Jason and his heart exploded with a multitude of emotions and he couldn't make sense of any of it. Do you love me? He paused and his heart was there, pounding in his throat. Initially, he believed the intense emotions and feelings were infatuation. Then when she was gone for months and he couldn't find her there was a part of him which was gone. He couldn't explain it. When he was with her, he felt complete. His mother used to tell him, no woman can complete a man, and a man can't complete a woman. You need to be a whole person, and she needs to be a whole person, and then the two of you will accentuate each other to heights never seen before. He had been happy before he met her, and satisfied with the life he had. He was as far as he could tell, a complete man. Then, when he had met her, everything had changed. I can't lie to you. I won't lie to you. Sabrina held her breath and for the first time in a very long time, she was afraid. It was an emotion she was not accustomed to and she didn't like it. It was a power she realized Jason had. A power that no man had ever had before him and she vowed no man after him would. Jason looked up and stared into her eyes. I love you more than anything. I would lay my life down and die for you. Sabrina smiled and a tear ran down her face and she nodded softly. Jason wished she was there so he could hold her in his arms and feel her warmth. You had me worried there. You had doubt? Jason asked surprised. A small amount. How the fuck do I get out of this situation I'm in? 
I have Mr. Black and Mr. Blue waiting at the train station at your last stop. When you see them, they will bring you to a safe place and we will continue our conversation. I miss you. Not as bad as I miss you. Get your gear ready, your train will arrive in 5 minutes. They are there waiting for you. I want to extract you immediately and then we can figure out how to get you out of the frying pan. He nodded and gathered up his bag and saw the gun case and was nervous. Something in him, perhaps a wiser and more paranoid self, whispered, better have the gun ready boy. He sat and opened the case. He secured his backpack and then pulled the gun free and put it in the inside of his jacket and held it tight in his armpit. He left the case and got up as the announcement came that they were approaching the last stop. The sun was out and setting in the distance and the sky was turning red and orange. The air was filled with ozone and there was electricity in the air. As the train doors opened he saw Mr. Black and Mr. Blue waiting by a car. Neither were smiling and both were on alert, actively scanning the area. Mr. Black motioned for Jason. Come on, we're exposed here, he said sternly. Jason ran towards them and wasn't sure what to expect. As he got closer to the car he saw Mr. Black's expression turn to relief as Jason got near him, and then his face contorted and shifted and he looked confused and pained. Jason looked down and saw there were an arm, and a blade protruding from the chest of Mr. Black. Rage suddenly replaced Mr. Black's face as he grabbed the arm and snapped it easily and wrenched the blade from the crumpled arm, and then bellowed something Jason couldn't understand. With one hand Mr. Black shoved Jason to the left, and he saw another man was standing there. Without the push, a blade would have been in Jason's back. Mr. Black swung with the blade in, had in his other hand and the assailant in front of him was decapitated. Blood sprayed from his neck and a large splash hit Jason, covering the front of him. Jason scrambled back and had his back to a different car as he watched Mr. Blue pull a massive hand cannon and fired off blasts that made no noise when they left the gun, but when they hit flesh there was a sickening wet splot and splish sound, and large parts of flesh were blown apart. He also bellowed in a language Jason didn't understand. Jason pulled the gun from his jacket and it was heavy in his hand. Mr. Black lumbered towards him with his free hand outstretched, and in horror, Jason saw half of Mr. Black's face disappear. What's going on? Screamed Sabrina. I don't know. We're under attack. Someone's trying to kill me. Mr. Black is down and Mr. Blue is fighting someone I can't see. No, you can see, you're just not looking. Use your eye and scan hard. Jason blinked as sweat was pouring down his face and body. Fear was pushing his heart into overdrive. It was hard to concentrate as bits of concrete, metal and glass were raining down around him. He was protected from whatever was engaged in combat with Mr. Blue, but Jason realized it was only a matter of time before whatever it was would get a clean shot at him. Focus, damn it. I need you. Jason could see an outline of a large man in some sort of armor. He was blocked by the car that Mr. Black and Mr. Blue had arrived in. Jason pulled his gun and realized he didn't know how to use it. He scanned it and the eye showed him all the configurations that the gun had. He flipped the safety and a few other knobs and heard a low hum beginning to rise. His attention was snapped back to the fight when he heard Mr. Blue scream out and his body slammed against the car. Where is he? Asks Sabrina. He's not in the air anymore. Look under the car, do you see his feet? If so blow them off and shoot him in the face. Um, okay. Jason looked under the car and saw the blank, dead eyes of Mr. Blue staring back at him. No, he's not. Jason felt his body rise up and brutally slam back down to the ground. You dare lay with the princess? A voice bellowed out from empty air. Jason's eye focused and saw the man. There were rage and hatred in his eyes. A filthy human? Again. Jason was tossed in the air 20 feet high and landed hard. He felt his left arm shatter and he screamed out. The man slowly walked towards the defeated human, who was fading in and out of consciousness. Jason, please don't die. I'm coming. You have to fight. He's too strong. I heard everywhere. 
I know, honey. You have to live though. Please come on, you can do it. Move. Do something. Where's the gun? So heavy. Tired. Your child needs a father. Jason's eyes fluttered open and he felt a surge of energy in him. The man raised his gun and sneered at Jason. Any last word before I rid this planet of your filth? Rule. Rule. The man strained and loaded his gun and took a cautious step forward. You. Broke. Yes, you are broken. Jason shook his head slowly. Rules. With all of his strength, Jason flipped his wrist up and the man realized Jason had somehow managed to hold onto the gun. Both weapons fired at the same time. The man fell to the ground and his neck, and part of his face, were blown off and blood spurted up uncontrollably. Jason's left shoulder and a large part of his arm were obliterated, and blood flowed freely. He realized he was dying. A father? He said softly. A tear rolled down his face and he smiled. The man glared at Jason and amazingly was moving. Slowly, but still moving. Great, Jason said with a chuckle, realizing the man was going to speed up the inevitable. As the savage man got within strangling distance, and blood spurted furiously from his body, a massive blast obliterated him from the chest down. A section of the ground was missing as well, and the remaining top of him tumbled down into the hole. Jason closed his eyes and faded to oblivious. No, I don't think so. Sabrina's voice was distant. Get him into the healing chamber, now. Yes, your highness. Highness? It's only a title. I share the realm with my siblings. Rest my love. Chapter 4 Time passed, how much, Jason was unsure. He hurt and was afraid to open his eyes. But slowly he did and he rubbed his face with his left hand. He stared at it in amazement. He was in his bed. He looked at his window and was confused. He tossed off the covers of the bed and stood. He touched his eye and examined his hand. Everything seemed normal. He didn't see the ever-pervasive 6G spectrum or the other energy wave forms. Everything looked and seemed to be the same and yet something was different. The air had a sweet taste to it and he felt lighter. He swallowed and examined his body. No scars. Wow. Damn straight, wow, said the most beautiful voice he had ever heard. Oh, thank God. He said, and he began to sob uncontrollably. Oh, baby. What's wrong? Nothing. I thought it was all a dream. I thought I had lost you all over again. It did happen, right? All of it? Yeah. Unfortunately, the authorities of Earth still think you did what was on the video. Who? My brother. The man who I killed. We killed. That was my brother Tyrell. He set me up? Yes, and when he realized he was going to be discovered he continued to break the rules. Rules are rules. Sabrina smiled. So how am I home then? We cloaked or something? Um, something like that. She motioned and the entire wall in front of him faded away and he saw the expanse of space and the earth in front of him. Is that the earth? Yes. It doesn't look like the earth. Because your understanding of it has been taught to you as a lie. To keep you under control. As you see there, the earth is much much larger than you could have ever imagined. Are those domes? Yes, each dome is a different zone. A different earth. Ours is there. She motioned and one of the domes was illuminated. Jason stared in awe as he examined a planet millions of times larger than the earth, he had thought he lived on. The domes which covered the surface were too numerous for him to count, and he saw they were almost exact copies of each land mass. Why does it look like that? We don't know. We were from the zone next to yours originally. And your zone was on the brink of destruction. We intervened and made sweeping changes and helped usher in a new way. 
humans had called it the second chance. My mom used to tell me stories of how bad it had gotten. She never explained how the changes came about. So then you're not like, a monster or something? Well actually. He held his breath and watched as she transformed into a lumbering beast with four sagging, hanging breasts with a huge jaw with several rows of teeth. He said nothing and just stared. Do you still love me? He shrugged. With all of my heart. Gotcha, she transformed back and had a huge grin on her face. You should have seen your face. I think you actually liked my extra set of breasts. All saggy and nasty. I knew it wasn't real. Yeah, right. He pulled her to him, and he kissed her deeply. I love you, Sabrina. I love you. As she was pressed close to him, they both felt the slightest of kicks against her stomach. Jason had forgotten, overwhelmed with everything. Oh, man. I'm going to be a father? Yes. Well, you're going to have to explain how I asked your father for your hand. A look came over Sabrina's face. My father. Um, yeah. We're gonna have to have a discussion with him, which will be rough I think. Well, it's not like he's going to try to kill me, right? Sabrina pulled Jason to the bed and showered him with kisses. Right? Sabrina. Serious. Is he going to kill me? She laughed and pushed him into the bed and covered him with the blankets. She slid in next to him and put a finger to his lips, halting his questions. Relax, I won't allow anything to happen to you my love, as long as you follow the rules. And right now, I need you to follow the bonus rule. Oh, right. The bonus rule. They kissed and melted into each other and the love they shared pushed away all the fear and trepidation of the future. Jason was in love with the woman of his dreams, and she was in love with him. Together they would become legends. This ends three simple rules. Noveps, Volume 1, Issue 1. By Robert R. Ricks. This is the first story of the Utopia series. We hope you enjoyed this. If you did, please share this with your friends and family. Thank you.